Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Friday, July 14th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there as well, Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on the YouTube right now, typing Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. I, what you're staring at me? I don't know. That, you're giving me a funny well, look. Well, just look like I just was thinking about during the during the breaks. So we're about to do this do this story on apparently that they've now found marijuana at the White House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just sitting here thinking about the colossal breakdown of government at all levels of our society. Like I used to just think that there in many cases were just really stupid people that ran society. Mm-hmm. And now I realize there, yes, are really stupid people, but they are also woven in, incorporated with really corrupt awful evil people and when you have a great weave of stupid people with corrupt and evil people mm-hmm. i mean i mean so let's think about that's one spicy soup you're making right okay so let's think let's think about this so the stories we have done today casey yeah let's go state national local right mm-hmm. okay so on a national level we have done a story in which the federal government the secret service whatever claims that a building that is the most supposed to be the most secure camera covered building in the world they don't know who left a bag of cocaine near the situation room they're saying they don't know and they're done mm-hmm. they've just given up they've they've stopped the investigation so that's our federal government right i mean it, it's not it's not that you're it's not that they're doing bad policy that's bad enough it's that you're being lied to mm-hmm. they absolutely know who left that cocaine? There's no way they don't know. Sure. Well, actually, Kev, let's play the in the voicemails. The third one, we've got the 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 cop who called. If we can go back to that, and he, a local cop, called us. And we didn't get a chance to get to it during the voicemails, and he was talking about how just utterly ridiculous it is, and how local cops would be able to figure this out in like ten seconds. Let's play this guy's voicemail. Yes, good morning. Love you guys, Yo, Sometimes agree, sometimes don't agree, and that's okay. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's, I've been a cop for over 30 years, retired now, and I guarantee you let me look at the uh, photo array, or photo array, the, all the electronic crap and all the dogs and screening things at the White House, I guarantee I'll let you know who put that bag of dope in there probably in about a half an hour. So, man, i never seen such a, I can't find it, but the Secret Service, that's terrible. Anyway, God bless. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Like we were talking about the other day on on Patrol Live, which is on every Friday and Saturday night on Reels. You'll see this all the time where an event will happen at a convenience store or a business of some sort. And what do the cops do? They'll just walk right in and go, hey, buddy, you got security cameras there. Can we pull those up real quick? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. We got the guy. Let's mm-hmm. go get him. Yeah. These are like local police departments. Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. With a VHS tape. I mean, yes. And we are led to believe that the Secret Service in the White House mm-hmm. doesn't know. And apparently they don't even care because they've just called it a day yeah 
I think they do know. Sure. They're just not saying. And this just shows you that the Biden administration, they're weaponizing every single department of the government. It is. You've got the FBI, the IRS, now the Secret Service, and now the FTC as well. So that is your national government, right? I mean, mm-hmm. lying right to you, sticking a middle finger in your face. Yeah. We led our show today with a great detailed report from Indiana Capital Chronicle on how the Indiana Republican Party blew through $3.1 billion dollars in overtaxation yeah. on magically one-time expenditures and spent just enough to ensure that, <laughs> that you would not that Hoosiers aren't getting money. They spent and absolutely no deliberately for you. spent enough to ensure you would not get a single solitary dime back of their overtaxation. Mm-hmm. That's your state government sticking a middle finger right in your face. And how many stories are we doing whether it's these con artists up there in Fishers on the Hamilton Southeastern School Board putting this bullcrap referendum on the ballot or the little song and dance I went to last night at the Brownsburg Town Council meeting where just magically an $18 million pool shows up on the agenda. No blueprints, no designs, no business plan. Oh, the people really want it. Oh, no, it's great. How are you going to do it? Oh, the people really want it. The same day. This is how stupid the people are in the town I live in, Casey. They fired the park board last night, and in the same meeting, they approved the signature bright, shiny object bullcrap agenda of the park board the last five years, which was the swimming pool. Mm -hmm. And when you ask them why... Well, we just think it'll be more efficient this yes. way. So I'm just saying it's everywhere. It's local governments, it's state governments, it's federal governments. It is a colossal collapse of transparency, of trust, of accountability, mm-hmm. of giving a single solitary damn about the people of this country. I think it's very interesting. So they reported that this marijuana was found in two separate occasions in the executive mansion in the past year at the White House. <laughs> now, it's important to note that they said they found the marijuana in July and September of 22. Now keep in mind that President Biden issued a proclamation giving a pardon to all people who were federally charged with simple possession of marijuana when? October. So it was still a crime. It was still a crime when it was found. Uh, But you have to ask yourself, you know, the Secret Service it makes it very hard for them to protect someone when you've got drugs being smuggled in and out of the White House. And what does that say for the Biden administration position on keeping Americans safe from drugs like fentanyl? It's they just don't care. But let's make sure, Rob, that we're using the correct pronouns for people. Let's make sure that men can play sports on women's teams because that's important. And also let's recklessly spend trillions and trillions of dollars putting every American further in debt. We see where your priorities are. I was sitting in the back of that meeting last night and I was sitting, uh, amongst some some friends and I think they were there to ensure that if they if the uh, Lord Travis Cheshane high ruler of the town of Brownsburg weaponized the cops on me again mm-hmm. they were going to bail me out of uh, prison or wherever they put me I don't know if they were going to Travis had planned to put me in a, a CTU cell with Jack Bauer or what the plan was but they were they were there to take care of me and and we were just conversing about we're looking up at this stage And last night, you had a cavalcade of people show up to the meeting telling these 
just Mensa members, very high IQ society, wizards of smart that are running the town. Hey, the parks department isn't broken. We really like it. And nobody's asking for this. Why are you doing this? And they just stare at you. And then they read some prepared statement that was like, like uh, they were victims of a hostage crisis where it's just this mealy mouth prepared statement. And then they just vote on it and go, no, 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 it'll be better. And you're sitting in the back watching this unfold. And I've long given up actually thinking it's going to make any difference to go and speak. I just do it to waste their time at this point. And <laughs> I know your how, own entertainment. Uh, yeah, I, I know how angry it mm-hmm. makes them to have to see and listen to me. Um, and by the way, Lord Travis did learn his lesson about weaponizing the cops on me. He didn't do that this time. Um, And I'm watching this and I'm thinking about government as a collective, right? And I'm thinking, my gosh, this is the training ground. Mm -hmm. These morons uh, in local governments across the state and across this country are the feeding ground. This is the training ground. They're trying to get to the next step. for the people who become the state reps. You want to know why $3.1 of our money got plowed through to ensure that you don't get a refund? It's because these are the morons who get elevated. You want to know why our country is $32 trillion in debt? Because these are the morons who get elevated. It starts with an $18 million pool. That no one's asking for, and it just magically shows up on the agenda. No designs, no business plan, no nothing. And by the way, the, my favorite part, and this this was so great. So a, I will not name this person, but a person involved in the town who is an avid listener of our show who I'd never met before, mm-hmm. very nice, very well educated, comes up to me last night and he goes, Rob, you don't understand the worst part of all of this. And I said, what, what, how can I, you're thinking, no, I think I do, uh, but it, lay it on me. And, and again, we're, we're specifically mentioning Brownsburg, but this happens all over. It's Noblesville, it's Fishers, it's it, all of these places that we spelled this stuff out. He goes, Rob, the worst part of all of this, they're about to put this aquatic center right where all the town sewage and crap runs. Ew. And when they put this aquatic center there, mm-hmm. there'll be no room for us to expand the plant. So if you're planning on going to the city of Atlantis, they're about to build in Brownsburg. Mm-hmm. These wizards of smart, these Einsteinian mega giants have thought it through so poorly that they're about to put it right where the sewage runs and they're about to eliminate your ability to expand the sewage plant. So again, my point on all of this, it is a colossal breakdown of trust, of transparency, of intellect, of curiosity, of questioning of governments across this country. And this is why we are in the position we are in. Happens at every single level. It's 15 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. (laughs) No! 17 after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We've got some voicemails we're going to get to in just a bit, and you've got a letter as well. But before we do that, let's talk about the other big news story that came out, and that was that uh, Prosecutor Ryan Mears said yesterday that the murder case involving that Marion County Sheriff's Office deputy, that they were going to seek the death penalty for him because it met the criteria. Well, this involves punishing a bad guy, so I'm Mm -hmm. sure Ryan Mears went kicking and screaming to do that, but he probably didn't have a choice considering the public outcry over this, and it is indeed an election year for Joe Hogsett. Mm-hmm. So with all of those things put together, he probably had no choice. But again, the issue here, 
This deputy was not killed with a gun. This deputy was killed in a gun-free zone. This deputy was killed by a lunatic, an absolute maniac, who Joe Hawks had the sort of guy who Joe Hawks had and Ryan Mears have turned a blind eye to for years and years and years now. And they have emboldened these people and they have repeatedly stood behind these sort of people and against the police department and against the justice system. It's easy to talk about uh, Joe Hawks at allegedly being drunk during the riots, right? It's easy to talk about that. Nobody knows where the mayor was. Nobody knows what he was doing. It's easy to talk about that. But Joe Hogsett's buffoonery and incompetence on violence in the city started long before the riots of 2020. All you have to do is go back to the Aaron Bailey shooting in 2019, where not only were the police officers cleared of criminal charges, but they were also cleared by the merit board of any wrongdoing. And every citizen should have looked at that and said, oh my gosh, Thank goodness these cops acted in an appropriate manner, both criminally and by their own internal standards. Great. We love our cops. We're glad they acted correctly. Mm -hmm. Joe Hogsett's default response was to condemn and, and want to try to change the merit board because he didn't get the desired result that his woke left pro-crime, pro-violence, pro-insanity lunatic base wants. And that message was sent that this city to criminals was open for business, do drop in, stay as long as you want. Why Jefferson Shreve chose not to make that the message of yesterday and instead chose to go after law-abiding gun owners is absolutely beyond me. Do they really think that gun freeze zones are going to stop criminals criminals are going to criminal no it's pandering. that's what they do and i would expect it from hogshead who should be in trouble in an election year i would not expect pandering from the guy who's trying to beat joe hogshead mm -hmm. i'm curious and i'm sure the parents of these children you know there's been a, a couple children that have been murdered over the past few weeks in indianapolis and uh will ryan mears be seeking the death penalty for for there sure but the india is a pro-violence city Indianapolis. What is the standard? Between the mayor and the prosecutor are a pro-violence city. We are on the side of the criminals. And by the way, by the way, you know, I've seen in these recent horrific murders of some of these law enforcement officers that Lockdown McGee has come out with statements in support of them and ordered flags to be flown mm -hmm. at half staff. Let's not forget his role in all of this, too, because during the riots of 2020, what did he do? He called those people noble, and he had a VIP meet and greet with Malik Muhammad, who should have been arrested. Not only was he not arrested, he got to skate out of town after he helped write the police reform bill. So Malik Muhammad is now telling police officers in this state what they can and can't do. And what happened to Malik Muhammad after Holcomb didn't arrest him and emboldened him? He went across the country and he, committed more yes, crimes. Malik Mohammed is now in jail in mm -hmm. Portland for attempting to kill police officers. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to hear any sympathy and bullcrap and support from the governor because that's just all lip service. The governor, Hogsett, Mears, they're all in cahoots on this because during 2020, they all told criminals, you're the good guys, the cops are the bad guys, do drop in, why don't you stay a while? It is 22 minutes after 11. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. All right, Rob, it's Friday. Let's change the pace just a bit. <laughs> Mom, Mom, you need to calm down. Oh, boy. Uh, thoughts and hearts. Thoughts and hearts, right? Um, okay, so you received a letter that you wanted to share. Uh, this is so fabulous. And as you know, the rule on this 
program. Mm-hmm. I do not open the mail. No, I had to open that one. And Casey will vouch, <laughs> and the entire time we've worked I together, I, I do not open the mail. If you are thinking you're going to get me in some capacity, it is not going to be through the mail because I don't open the mail for obvious reasons. Um, but this is so fabulous. After you opened it, I want to just talk about it real quick. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest joys that I get out of this job is the connections that we make with people who we will otherwise never have known or met and knowing the positive influence that we have on their lives on a daily basis. And much to the dismay of many of the politicians, one of the great things about this program is, now we're told, you know, no one listens, but, you know, when we get letters from all over the country of people who don't even live in Indianapolis, they don't even live in central Indiana, Mm -hmm. they listen Mm -hmm. because they like what we do and we resonate with them and we provide them a system of support on whatever the topic is that we're talking about that you are not alone like it is so it is so easy sometimes especially if you are a republican or conservative to look at what the republicans and conservatives have done or are doing and go oh my gosh i'm totally alone in the fact that i feel totally betrayed by these people and i'm worried about speaking out because i'm the only one right and we provide this network and this community for people to realize, no, I'm not the only one. In fact, there's a lot more people like me than I realize, and I need to speak up, and I need to speak out. So many people think, well, this is my team. This is the side I'm on, and even if I don't agree with them, I can't express that. Right, and I have heard that from many, many people over the years who have said, you guys have shown me that it is okay to speak up and speak out and that I'm not alone. In fact, not only not alone, I may actually be in the majority if more people would just speak out. And we got this letter. Her, it's from Pam, mm-hmm. and she lives in Texas. Okay. And she has been uh, a listener for a very long time, dating all the way back to uh, she found us when the two women had the show, and I was a producer there for them. Yeah. And she absolutely sent the most lovely card congratulating uh, my wife and I on the birth of, of Olivia Thatcher. And just a little gift card Mm -hmm. in it for something for her. But she also wrote this incredible handwritten letter. And I just wanted to, it's it's very long. It's very wonderful. But I just wanted to read a little part of it. Again, she is from Texas. She listens every day via the internet, watches on the YouTube. And I just wanted to read one part of this. Okay. Because it's the most important part. So is that all right if I do this? Go for it. Okay. Um. This is because of your shows introducing me to Micah Beckwith that I was reborn and found my way back to the Lord in February of 2022. Hearing him speak truth to politics inspired me to figure out what was missing in my life. And I am forever thankful that God used you all and Micah as mediators in my life to open my heart to him. Please pass along my highest praise to Casey, Kevin, Hammer, and Nigel, especially to Miss and especially to Mrs. Kendall, for being fabulous at what they do and for putting up with you. It's a very long letter. I could read the whole thing, but it would just take to the rest of the hour. This is one of the most rewarding things I've ever received. And we get stuff like this all the time. Yeah. But this is why we do 
what we do. There are literally tens of thousands of people who we connect with every day. Some of them write to us. Some of them email us. Some of them call us. Some of them never do. But we know you're out there. We love you. We thank you for being a part of our family. And Pam, I just wanted to thank you for that just incredibly rewarding Mm -hmm. letter. We love every person who listens every single day, even those of you who listen because you hate our guts. That was really nice. And you need to make sure you pass that on to Micah Beckwith. I absolutely will. And speaking of Micah Beckwith, we're going to be hearing from Mrs. Micah Beckwith coming up in just a bit. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You know, Rob just shared a letter that someone had written, uh, Pam from Texas. And you, you forgot to mention that she said that her husband travels to Columbus, Indiana for work and that someday she'd like to visit us all. Yes. If she ever does that, we'd welcome her in. Yes, Pam, you come to the studio anytime. We'd love to have you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about what's going on with Maybelline. Yes. Maybe it's Maybelline. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's born with it or maybe. Yes. Maybe he's born with it. Oh, Maybe wow. he's Maybelline. Mm-hmm. Maybelline has a bearded, bald man selling lip gloss Absolutely. to women on Amazon Prime Day, which happened this past week. Yeah, so sense. now Maybelline joins Lush and Kate Spade and Nike and Adidas, just some of the brands that are hell-bent on replacing women in their marketing campaigns with men and then still asking the women to buy their products. Well, it is interesting, right? We have long had this conversation about when the women, because the women will have to fix this. Like I can complain about it. Kev can complain about it. Mm-hmm. We can't fix this. It's the women who are going to have to stand up, whether it's through the boycotting, the protesting, the speaking out. Mm-hmm. At what point do women say we've had enough of men trying to pretend that they are us? Well, and that's the point, right? The entire purpose of putting clothing on models or mannequins is to show potential customers how the garments are going to look on them, right? And but putting women's clothing on male bodies, whether it be the swimsuits or the lingerie dresses, blouses, whatever you whatever you had, it, it doesn't do that. Right. Because then you're seeing the article of clothing on a on a man's body. Right. And I don't understand why companies that make their money by selling women's products to women are working so hard to show women how great these products look on men. Yeah. It doesn't work. And, you know, yes, women have to speak up. But I fully expect to be completely ignored in this area and to start seeing a man's section in the makeup aisle. Well, it it, it never stops until people stop it, right? I mean, isn't that the thing we learned during COVID? I mean, isn't that the thing we learn every time we deal with government, every time we deal with insanity, is that unless the people stop it, it mm-hmm. will just keep eating. And that's why I come back to women are going to have to be the ones who step up and make the change here. 
And to this point, it doesn't seem like now there have been many women who have spoken out. But as a collective, women have yet to pressure these companies out of this insanity. Mm -hmm. It hasn't gotten to the Bud Light levels that it needs to. Yeah, you're right. All right, let's talk about something that Mike Braun and Todd Young have done. Oh, that I'm actually okay with. Okay. Are you ready for Uh this? Let's go. (laughs) I know they're your faves. They passed a resolution to honor the 23 Notre Dame men's lacrosse team for winning their first national championship in school history. How exciting. Boy, really getting down to the pressing issues there, I see. Right. And that's what this is fluff, right? They said, uh, I'm proud of these young men for bringing a national Mm. title win to Indiana and for the first time to the Midwest. Oh. Okay, so let me explain why I'm okay with this from Todd Young. Because you're from South Bend. Well, it has nothing to do with my allegiance with Notre Dame sure. or my fandom it's a of giant the school. Coincidence. But here's the thing: while this is fluff, it didn't harm anyone. Well, it's a good point, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a good country. point. That is a very fair point. You know what, Rob? This didn't cost any money. That, that's a good point. No, that is an absolutely fair point. Uh, yeah, I'm totally with you on that, Casey. Uh, the more we could distract. Todd Young mm-hmm. with uh, meaningless tasks. Right. Um, Hoosiers aren't footing the bill for this proclamation, right? In yeah. fact, this is all Todd Young should be allowed to do from yeah, now on. Thank you. Do no harm. You go to all the ribbon cuttings and proclamations you need to do. Wholeheartedly uh, <laughs> agree with that. Yes. Um, yes, 100%. I, now you have totally swayed me on this, Casey. I'm 100% on board This is a good job for yeah, him, right? Absolutely. Okay. You know, remember an office space where they're like with Milton, just put him in the basement and yeah. it'll sort itself out? Uh-huh. Maybe that's maybe that's what we no can do with salt. Todd Young. No salt on the margarita. Just, 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 put, just put it Todd Young in the basement. Maybe it'll, <laughs> the glitch in the system will catch itself. I don't know, though. You put uh, Joe Biden in the basement and he well, won a, a presidential point. election. No, so absolutely. let's keep him out of the basement, shall we? All right. Um, so we spent the first part of the hour talking about the utter collapse in government across this country, state level, local level, national level. I mean, just everywhere. It's the same stuff. It is lack of transparency. It is just a lack of intellect. It is evil people, maniacal people, corrupt people. I mean, you have mixed the stupid in with the soup of evil, maniacal, corrupt people. And when you have stupid people who aren't smart enough to understand either what's happening and or stop the corrupt, evil, awful people, you get a country that's $32 trillion in debt. Mm-hmm. You get a state that overtaxes you by $6 billion and deliberately spends just enough to avoid giving you a refund. You get eight an $18 million pool showing up on a town council agenda. <laughs> you get a, 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 a repeat referendum for the Hamilton Southeastern School District. I mean, it is, it's everywhere. It's the same thing. And, and one of the biggest parts of this is the la- total lack of transparency total lack of unwillingness to answer questions. I can't tell you how many times I've sent emails to my local government. You get no response. We all remember when I tried to get answers from Holcomb and I didn't get a response and then finally they got tired of seeing me and just responded this would not serve Hoosiers well to answer your questions. I wanted to ask you a question about the town council meeting that you went to last night in Brownsburg and you talked about the park board. Yes. Were there any, besides you, were there any comments from the public? Oh, huge. Everyone was against them dissolving the park board. And what did they do? They dissolved the park board. Okay. There was not one person who stood up there and said, yes, this park board is totally out of control. You need to get rid of them because of A, B, and C. And again, this is my favorite part of how just blatant these people are. I mean, it's a power move, right? We are hungry for more power. On one hand, we're told the park board is so incompetent, we must dissolve them. Mm -hmm. Then on the other hand, 
in the same meeting, we began to move forward with an $18 million issue that was the signature issue for the very park board you just declared too incompetent to exist. Sure. And these are the same people, Casey, who in December gave themselves $5,000 raises because they were adamant we must bribe better people to run for public office because apparently we are so incompetent that we must bribe better people to run for public office to clean up our mess, but yet we are now told you are the most competent people to solve what is apparently a non-existent issue with the park board. Well, clearly not listening to your voters and your constituents is a tough job. I mean, they just completely ignored every single comment. Yeah, they did. They don't respond to emails. They don't respond to questions at the town hall meeting or the town council meetings. But this happens everywhere, right? Again, same thing I ran into with Holcomb. Hey, I'd like to know A, B, and C. I had 10 very simple questions. We read them on the air. None of them were inappropriate. None of them were, I mean, they were all riddling things like Malik Muhammad writing the police reform bill. Why you let a guy in a college just shut the state down. I mean, all sorts of questions. And all you get is, oh, it would not serve who should well. So this reminded me, um, Tom Wilson is the guy's name. And you will know him best. He played Biff Tannen. Mm-hmm on the Back to the Future movies. Yeah. And he has done some other acting in his life. He's largely retired now. He's done some voice work. But he is obviously best known as Biff Tannen. You see him now, even today as an old man, he looks like Biff Tannen. And all of his life after he played Biff Tannen, people would come up and ask him questions about Biff Tannen, about Back to the Future. And he wrote a song called Stop Asking Me the Question. Mm -hmm. And somebody had posted this. I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody reminded me that this is this these are the politicians, right? Th- this is them. Stop asking me the question, except this is not about back to the future. Right. Unlike a guy who might get annoyed, you know, the 10,000th time getting asked about Michael J. Fox or, you know, whoever. This is about our government. This is about control over our lives. This is about taxing us. And yet they are the guy in the Tom Wilson song, Stop Asking Me the Question. Here we go. When I'm flying in a plane or I'm on the street, there's a lot of friendly people that I like to meet. They shake my hand but never ask my name. And they start asking questions that are always the same. Hey, what's Michael J. Fox like? He's nice. What's Christopher (laughs) Lloyd like? Kind of quiet. What's Crispin Glover like? Unusual. Stop asking me the question. I went to the bar mitzvah of my nephew Josh. Now I'm not Jewish, but I like to nosh. Put on my yarmulke, started to pray. When the rabbi leaned over around, I heard him say, Hey, was that real manure? No, it wasn't. How was that DeLorean? A piece of garbage. Do those hoverboards really fly? It's a movie. Stop asking me the question. Take your picture. Come on, look mean. Would you call my friend a butthead on his answering machine? <laughs> questions, questions fill my head. I went to my doctor. My doctor said, what does a key grip do? Set up lights. What does the best boy do? Help the key grip. What does a producer do? I don't know. Stop asking me the question. Do you all hang out together? No, we don't. How's Crispin Glover? I never talked to him. Back to the future for not happening. Stop asking me the question. Hey, who's the nicest famous guy? You know, Adam Sandler. Who is the biggest jerk? Gary Busey. How much money do you make more than you do? So stop asking me the question. 
<laughs> and this is, these are our elected officials. They mm-hmm. are the stop asking me the question guy, mm-hmm. except it's not an annoying guy at the airport right. asking about Crispin Glover. It's about our lives. It's about our taxes. It's about control over us. And they're just annoyed that, that, that you're there. That they have to answer. They don't want to answer. These elected officials, your senators, your congressmen, your governors, your town council, your city councils, they're annoyed that you exist and they're annoyed that you ask the questions. And isn't that interesting because you're the one who put them there. They should be asking you the questions. What do you want? They do, How do you feel about this? They do not care. And I come back to this and I will keep saying it about what my dear friend in state government, who I will never name because he would be tarred and feathered, but he is very well respected and very high up, told me that we enabled this behavior and it has gotten so much worse since COVID because they looked at, they being the politicians, looked at us during COVID and they said, you people allowed us to steamroll you over this and take away your jobs and your livelihoods and lock you in your homes. And what you do? You did nothing. 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 And the local government, like, I mean, there were probably 30 people in that room last night. Mm-hmm. I was talking with somebody this morning and it, this is amazing, but in Hendricks County, there's a community radio station, and that's about it for local media. Uh, one of the largest counties in the state of Indiana, and thriving community. Now, there like are some county papers that come out every so often, but they're not there covering the meetings. They're not doing intricate deep dives on these issues and this bullcrap these people are pulling. There's no town newspaper anymore that's you know being thrown in people's mailboxes. So these politicians look at it and go, what are you going to do to us? Right. Oh, Rob's going to bitch about it on WIBC, and we're going to get some you know, angry emails about it. But what are you going to do to us? The local politicians used to fear being a-holes because the local media would hold them accountable. And because of budget cuts and the way media has changed and everything else, that doesn't exist anymore. They don't fear anything. Well, and they don't fear being voted out either because of the stronghold that a single party has on this entire state. And it's true at the state house too, because of budget cuts, et cetera. There used to be a gaggle, a cavalcade of media there covering the state house every single day. And if these politicians pulled bullcrap people would be there to report on it. Mm-hmm. There's hardly anybody there to report on it anymore. Randy Fry just magically resigns as a state rep, cites undisclosed health reasons, mm-hmm. and everybody just goes, oh, okay. okay. Well, as Abdul put in the cheat sheet, there's a whole bunch of stuff apparently maybe going on with that that nobody wants to say out loud, but there's nobody there covering it. Yeah. And it's, these people just get away and do with whatever they want to do. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and two thirds of voters say that Joe Biden should step down so that younger candidates can seek his party's 24 nomination. Now, this came out from a Daily Mail and tip poll, and it also shows that uh, California's Gavin Newsom is touted as a better nominee than the president. Democrats, even according to this poll, want Biden to debate RFK Jr., Think about how bad you have to be if Gavin Newsom is your better option. <laughs> Think about how bad you have to be if your own party is saying 67% want you to step down. All right, Susan Beck with us is going to join us next. And Casey, we're going to do a little uh, little switcheroo here. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about etiquette you should break. Right, exactly. Mind your manners coming up next on 93 WIBC.
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. Here we go. It is Friday. Time. Friday. Friday. You are, Friday. Are you ready for vacation? Oh, I'm counting down the minutes, so yeah. let's get to Can't it. See, is totally gonna mm, half make mm. this final segment, but you know who won't? It's our own former Miss Indiana Susan Beckwith that she joins us every Friday to teach you people how to go into the weekend, minding your manners, making you more decent, productive members of society. Susan, how are you? I am doing great. Casey, where are you headed on vacation? I'm going to go down to Destin, Florida and sit on the beach. Literally sit on the beach. (laughs) It's going to be great. Is it rude rude to say that when my co-host is not going to be taking a vacation? Is that wrong? Should I not be bragging about this? I'm excited. <laughs> we can get to sharing your enthusiasm. Okay. All right. So we've got a we've got a different different mind your manners this week because normally you tell people what not to do, how to you know uh, etiquette themselves into decent society. <laughs> Today, Susan, you're going to play rebel and you're going to tell us etiquettes you should be breaking. Yes, we're going to lead with that, and then we'll circle around with some things that I do think we should be doing and, and bringing back or, you know, kind of refocusing on. But, yes, we are going to start with some that I actually think that we should break. So um, my first one here, protocol that I think we should break, is I think that we should talk about politics at the dinner table. I like it. And- Yes, and holiday functions. I think political discourse, you know, it's important to be able to really be able to talk about topics. You know, it's been so divisive that people are afraid to even discuss it in any form or fashion. And so I am against that rule. (laughs) So did you believe this long term or was this an influence of your husband who needs to talk politics anywhere, everywhere, all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? You know, I do think he's influenced that. I was hesitant. You know, I'm I'm less of the person that wants to rock the boat. But I think mm-hmm. the fact that we've avoided topics for so long, now we're in a real pickle. And so we, even those of us that aren't, you know, probably confrontational by nature, need to start engaging in these kinds of conversations. And so uh, I'm encouraging those other listeners that may be out there like myself that, you know, we have to figure out a way to be able to have that important discourse. Susan, what's a good way to bring it up without being confrontational out of the gate i think actually sitting around a dinner table and when it's you know civil and and with people that you trust i think people are also going to potentially you know be more open to considering other points of view when it's in that forum so that's why i think it's important to definitely not steer clear of it at family functions and i i think obviously how we say things uh, is important too, and so just being mindful of that, so that hopefully you can actually have a productive conversation. <laughs> uh, Susan Beck with our guests. It's mind your manners. We're talking a little little role reversal today. Etiquette you should be breaking. We're talking-
We're talking about talking politics at the dinner table and family functions. Susan, here is how I view it. Tell me if I'm wrong. If you invite me to your event, there is not a single solitary person who does not know who I am, what I do, what I believe. If you're going to invite me to your event, whether it's a wedding or it's a family function or it's a a large dinner group, you know who I am and what I do, so you don't get the right to be offended if I do what I always do. Right. That's why we invite you. You keep it fun and it's just, you know, lively and spirited. And like I said, I think that we need to kind of take out that stigma that we cannot talk about it. I feel like we are, you know, in such important times that it's it's a must at this point. And so um, I think we can do that in a mature fashion. And uh, but no, Rob, I love it. I love that you do. And I, you know, I'm I'm proud of Micah for really. I feel like encouraging people to to you know be more comfortable in that arena. Have you ever told? Old Micah, no, please don't. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, stop. Well, it sounds to me, Rob, like she's saying, keep on keeping on. You keep being you. Just do it in a mature, reasonable fashion. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. And that's where she lost you. All right. What what is is next, Susan? What What etiquette should we be breaking? Okay, so I'm really anxious for you guys to weigh in on this a little bit as well. But I had read an article, so it's not happened, but the New York Post actually back in 22 wrote that the Marines may do away with the utilization of sir and ma'am. And Mm. I am wholly against that. Mm. And uh, basically, you know, they were wanting to potentially avoid misgendering and offending. Um, So I'm I'm opposed to that. And uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on whether or not the utilization of Sir and ma'am is still relevant today. Well, okay, so I'm, uh, Casey, you're right if I go first, ma'am. Yeah, ma'am, yeah, yeah go right ahead, if I, sir. If I go first. Yes, sir. All right, so I have used ma'am since I was a small boy. Uh, I will say the reason I used ma'am was Bart Simpson used to look at his teacher and say, cram it, ma'am. And I then realized that you can say ma'am and sir, and you can almost be quasi insulting, but yet if somebody had to repeat it back, what did he call you? Well, he called me ma'am. Yeah. And then people will go, well, you can't be offended What's by offended? that. So look, I am all for the ma'am and sir, but for probably a reason that, Susan, you would say that is not the right reason to be for ma'am and sir. I love it. Oh, well, I still feel like it's a very uh, polite way of addressing mm-hmm. people. Now, I was having this discussion recently with my mother, and she was like, oh, I don't like to be called ma'am. It makes me feel old. old. I do not feel that way. So I don't know. I must be, you know, uh, unusual in that sense. But I just think it's a very polite term. And I hope that they, you know, don't move forward with this idea to to potentially uh, move away from it. I'm with your mother, Susan. I feel like it makes me feel older. However, if it comes from anyone younger than me, which really isn't hard to do these days, (laughs) I feel like it is showing a sign of respect. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So those were a couple of the uh, protocols that I thought, you know what, I, I think we should break those and, you know, continue to use sir and ma'am, as well as, uh, you know, bring up politics at the dinner table. But some that I would love to return back to, and, I, I, you know, some of people have, but the shaking hands, you mm. know, in the post-COVID world, yeah. I feel like there's some trepidation there. But I am, you know, I think we should be bringing that back. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. And here's what I have tried to catch myself on, uh, Susan. I got related to this. I got totally caught up in the you should not touch the elevator uh, buttons mm-hmm. with your hands. And I still yes. find myself using because, your elbow, using my elbow. And I have to stop myself and say, that's stupid and touch it with my hand. But you're right. It got people into bad habits over stupid stuff like you can't touch an elevator button or you shouldn't shake someone's hand. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely, again, the polite way of approaching someone and it's the professional standard and, you know, nothing really replaced it. And then it was awkward. And so I think that that should definitely be brought back mm-hmm. as well as offering, uh, you know, as far as standing when you are introduced to someone. So I feel like that one I still see people do sometimes, but then there's a lot of uh, I feel like people have come, become lax in that. So. Mm. Before we let you go, I have a an unrelated question. I'm totally just going to spring this on you. Is that all right? Because I, oh, I, I know how you are about structure and order. Um, I'm okay. curious. So your husband is he's running for lieutenant governor. He's literally crisscrossing the state. He was like somewhere in a in a literal corner of the state the other day that I saw. What is the like? Does he owe you? Are you keeping a list since he's gone? Because I went to the town council meeting last night. I did not get the cops weaponized uh, on me at this meeting. Oh, but I, but, okay. I, but I, well, I feel bad if I'm gone for like an hour, an hour and a half, whatever. I feel bad because my wife is at home with the child by herself, and she's like, "It doesn't matter. It's fine. You're doing your civic duty. You're standing up for others, whatever." But I feel bad. Micah's gone all the time. What is his payback to you when this is all said and done? Is it like a trip to Tahiti? Is it a <laughs> jot around the globe. Are you keeping a list? How does this work? I'm feverishly taking notes over here with all the yes. suggestions that you are recommending. But, you know, we really prayed about, you know, whether or not he was going to run for office again. And if that was what we felt we were called to do. And we went into the decision, you know, as a team. And so I feel like this is my part of the team and in my contribution is, you know, keeping things peaceful on a home front. But we have lots of discussion about home life balance and uh, it's, it's good. So we sneak in lots of time that probably people probably would be surprised about, you know, as far as either lunch dates or, you know, family outings. So we, we, we believe family is very important and we're very dedicated to trying to maintain that balance despite a busy schedule. Gosh, you're going to be such a great Mrs. Lieutenant Governor. Mm-hmm. You're just having, you're just straight out of central casting. By the way, I heard I yes. I heard yes to the trip to Tahiti. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's what I heard. Susan, tell us about your amazing, fabulous, very intriguing website, bellofthemidwest.com. Oh, I love it. Okay, so it's a great place to get in touch with me. We are um, adding more content. We just had a great blog post about interview etiquette. We're going to be adding one on lipstick etiquette with some of my favorite lipstick suggestions coming down the pike. But probably the best way to get in touch with me and see regular content is to follow me also on Facebook at Bell of the Midwest. And you've been posting, I noticed, uh, that you've been posting several uh, photos from your time as Miss Indiana. Yes, I had a little throwback yesterday, throwback Thursday, about how posture is uh, it communicates a lot. So I kind of shared I'm petite. So that was something we were always talking about, you know, really utilizing my whole frame to the best of its ability, but how that also communicates a message. So, yeah, uh, hop on there and check it out. Casey, Casey's <laughs> practicing in her chair as we speak. I am. I'm sitting up straight when you said that. Yeah, I have terrible I posture. Yes, absolutely. Susan, back with you are the best. Thank you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. And thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. And Rob, we'll catch you back here on Monday. It's the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Have a great weekend.